Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team. Richard top teams and we're working our way to that level. Connor McDavid danced around Morgan Ryan denied by Smith who saves the game again. Josh Archibald wins the game. My message today is we're trying to win. What time score? We are dry side right circle. No risk, no game. And now we're going to have a goalie for action. This is NHL overtime. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. This is a so cold
Christopher, Brennan Escott joining you with the letters now. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. This is Oilers Now. This is where you go for Edmonton Oilers talk, Edmonton Oilers discussion, and sometimes a little bit more. You know, the numbers speak for themselves. Coming up on today's edition of Oilers Now, uh, training camp is underway at Rogers Place. And full disclosure, uh, there is going to be significant alterations occurring for Rogers Place uh, for the return of the uh, National Hockey League. The game's uh, starting on August the 1st, and uh, that is going to be boxing us out of our broadcast location. Um over the course of the next couple of weeks, but uh, that's all good. We're still going to be bringing it. We'll have John Shannon on today, our NHL insider at 1235. 115 today, the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, Ken Holland, and at 135 from the Oilers Radio Network, uh, host of the pre- and post-game shows on 630 Chad. That is Reed Wilkins. Of course, you can reach us at any time on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree back up and at them, over 1,350 slot machines. Remember, the main casino floor, 100% smoke-free. The River Creek Resort Casino Excitement. Bet on it. And you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors, ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, and Brendan, at Brendan Escott. Brendan is at the 630 Chet Studios. Brendan, how you doing? We're still living in this COVID world. Um... I'd like to say we're returning to normal, but not yet. In fact, I think there's a lot of people that don't want to return to normal. It's what the sense I get every day if you sit there, and, uh, and maybe it's just a byproduct of social media. Uh, but, we, you know, we, we got the big okay on Friday. Um, lots to discuss, and we're going to get to some of that. But how was your weekend? Things are good. I'm kind of enjoying it. It felt like the last weekend before school started again, you know, from back in the day, just because today's the day. Today's the day we've been waiting for for quite some time. Training camps are back active. I feel like I've really got to dial back in again. So I enjoyed one last, you know, weekend off, if you will. Well, Brendan, there's people that golfed every day, and then there's people that hosted 84 out of 85 shows, and they were dialed in the entire time. Uh, let's dial it in right now into the line combinations that the Oilers broke training camp with today. First of all, we'll mention Caleb Jones unfit for the first group today, but expected to be on the ice with sort of some of the extra players. Here's what they were rolling with today. Connor McDavid up front with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Cassian. And I know I put a tweet out about a week and a half ago having RNH up front with McDavid and Cassian, and that seemed to raise a lot of conjecture out there. Andreas Athanasiu, and this is something to read into. He's a restricted free agent. The Oilers are going to have limited cap space moving forward uh, at an 81.5 cap. Uh, Athanasiu was with Leon Dreisaitl and Kyler Yamamoto. Tyler Innes, who I believe is in line for a short-term extension at some point with Riley Sheen and Josh Archibald. Jujar Karras centering James Neal and Alex Chason. Gaetan Haas with Joe Kim Nygaard and Patrick Russell. Cooper Marodi with Benson and McLeod. Some farmhands. Uh, Tyler Benson trying to work his way into the mix. We'll see which of the players uh, maybe 
impacts the coaches the most at training camp. Oscar Clefbaum with Adam Larson, Darnell Nurse, and Ethan Bear. Not a surprise. Friday night, we found out Mike Green would not play. He would opt out. We're going to get to all that in a second. Uh, Chris Russell and Matt Benning. So Jones and Green, who seemingly were slotted in the top eight, uh, Jones unfit, but at camp, Mike Green uh, electing not to play. Lagason and Bouchard, and then Broberg, the, uh, probably the Oilers' second best prospect next to Evan Bouchard. Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith, the Guardians. And that's sort of how the orders open up today. Let's get right to it, Brendan. Your thoughts on the opportunity there for Andreas Athanasiu with Drysaddle and Yamamoto. Well, i got to say I'm surprised not only that they broke that lineup, but that they broke it up and, and uh, Athanasiu is the one that gets a look. But, you know, if you look at the 30-goal score of last year, and to me, this is basically a wide-open blank slate for everybody coming into this camp right now. So I don't dislike the idea. Give him a chance. You brought him in for a reason, right? So, uh, you know, but the biggest question mark for me there is is why was Nuge pulled off that line, but maybe even more so, how quickly do they revert back to that if things don't get out of the gate the way they'd like? It's all about balance to me. Jonathan Taze can't uh, check two separate lines uh, today. Dylan Strom was centering Patrick Kane. Um, you know, if you just look at it, the potential matchup with Edmonton and Chicago, Dreisaitl again with Athanasiu and Yamamoto, uh, McDavid with RNH and Cassian. We know how much Leon Dreisaitl likes playing with Kyler Yamamoto. An opportunity to start for Andreas Athanasiu, who I'm told from uh, players um, was flying because uh, there was some question mark as to what level of conditioning uh, Athanasiu was at. He's got such great physical tools with that electrifying speed, but he was flying around the last couple days before training camp started. But it puts Edmonton in a position where Chicago's theoretically going to have to pick their poison. Is it going to be Taze going up against McDavid's line or Taze going up against Drysaddle's line? And uh, I think you'll take that secondary matchup going against Dylan Strom, who's a good player, had real good numbers last year in Chicago, uh, didn't quite achieve that this season, and now is a restricted free agent looking for a big payday in a limited cap world. And that's a similar situation, by the way, to what Andreas Athanasiu is in right now. He is playing for a contract moving forward. Uh, any, uh, to me, a little bit interesting with Cairo, with Neil and Chase on. That's kind of how we ended back uh, four plus months ago. And uh, Kara centering those two guys. Um, a heavier line, Kara also a penalty killer. I do think we're going to see Nygaard and Haas at some point. Uh, hopefully, if the order's going an extended run. And again, uh, Caleb Jones unfit for. Uh, today's opening group, and I think he'll work his way into the mix as well. So that's kind of how training camp started. Of course, Friday, uh, late afternoon, the National Hockey League Players Association at roughly 78.5% and the NHL ownership unanimous uh, ratified the four-year CBA extension with the return to play. This uh, was not a surprise in a time in which it's incumbent upon organizations to be exhaustive and find ways to make things work and be collaborative in their approach. The NHL and the NHL PA was able to do that. Uh, I can tell you when you've lost a fight, and that's when you quit. And we saw that with another uh, sports organization in town about three weeks ago. You do that, you just quit, you're done. You got no chance. Now, just uh, wanted to follow up, Brendan, here on something. Edmonton ends up being a hub city, and it's interesting about perspectives out there, but... I, I got to tell you here, this does not happen if we don't have 
the downtown entertainment and arena complex, and you needed a driver for that to occur. That driver, and hey, full disclosure, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group, so you can take it for what it's worth. Uh, one of these days, some of you will be able to look past for whatever reason you've got for not believing in the guy or liking the guy. But if you didn't have somebody step up to the plate and push to help regenerate downtown in terms of what Daryl Cates did, you wouldn't be in this position. And that's just the reality of the situation. I actually had, I put a tweet out on Friday, Brendan. I actually had people say to me, oh, they could have just played at Rexall Place. You needed the infrastructure built around it. Edmonton might not have even been in the bid process if not for the genesis of getting that arena deal done. Fair to note that City Council had to approve it. Stephen Mandel played a factor in that, but you needed the financial driver. You also need support from the province. Doesn't matter what your political affiliation is. Some days on the show and on Twitter, I think that more than 32% of you out there voted for the NDP. Because if anything is seen as a marginal slight against that party, uh, let's rephrase that. If there's any credit given to Jason Kenney, and I certainly don't agree with everything that's happened with the UCP, case in point, some of the stuff that's happened with the health minister, but it needs to be noted, and the Oilers would be the first to tell you, Oilers Entertainment Group, that Jason Kenney played a factor uh, in terms of pushing and promoting the province and promoting Edmonton's bid. Don Iveson as a mayor helped make that happen. Obviously, the success of uh, Alberta's COVID response, testing, testing, testing. This is the thing that's constantly missed out in the province to the west of us, where there are barely over 40,000 tests per million. And Alberta's well over 110,000 tests per million. But Dr. Dina Hinshaw obviously has played a factor in this as well. The Oilers had some key people in their organization, the Oilers Entertainment Group. Bob Nicholson, Tom and Selmy, Tim Shipton, Stu Ballantyne, those guys grinded away. And that's what you have to do to succeed. And some people say, well, the only reason why you guys got this is because Vancouver uh, could, you know, didn't want to agree and play by the NHL rules. Well, Testing is important, and the NHL didn't want to take away, because they're going to pay for their own testing, the NHL didn't want to take away from testing in marketplaces. Now, when one province isn't testing, that could be a tad problematic as well. Their contract tracing and contact tracing, and I'm told it's very successful, so I want to give credit where credit's due, but I know testing was very important. And speaking of, uh, anyway, Brendan, was there anything there that you wanted to chime in on? Just the, the recognition that these things don't just happen accidentally, and Edmonton would not have been in a position four years ago, eight years ago, certainly 12 years ago, to have now had the opportunity to be in the full international scope and stage if we are indeed able to get to the point where we return to play in hub cities at Rogers Place. Your thoughts? I live close enough to the rink, and, you know, I like to jump on the Lime scooters, go rip around that area where things are going to be picked up. And there's no way without that infrastructure there that this is even remotely possible. So, you know, a lot, giving credit where credit's due, yeah, of course it came, uh, the groundwork. And that was, you know, this is a, a nice secondary thing that was a result of what I'm sure was more a vision for things like all-star games or drafts or that sort of thing. But, hey, here we are in a position to provide a great opportunity 
opportunity to showcase our city and to be able to accelerate hockey through the through the pipeline here. I mean, tip your cap to anybody you need to. Most importantly, though, Bob, you got to recognize the the citizens of the region, the citizens of Edmonton, who were abiding by all of those guidelines, so that we could still have an opportunity to host this kind of thing with the infrastructure we had. Well, and that's where the testing comes in as well, because we have a realistic portrayal of the position that we're in right now in the market. There's not, you know, since COVID has started, going back uh, since the shutdown, the pause on March the 12th, Edmonton has had 19 deaths. Vancouver's over 100. Toronto's over 1,000. I know those are bigger cities, but Vancouver's not five times bigger than Edmonton, uh, not in terms of the health district. I mean, the Edmonton health district is one point. Edmonton health zone is 1.3 million. Uh, so, it'll, you know, it's an interesting situation. Uh, yes, the citizens have played a factor. Yes, there's been taxpayer support into the arena deal. But you needed a driver to help make that happen. It's funny. How many times, I think back to Cal Nichols, the chairman of the board of the Edmonton Investors Group, on Oilers now back in 1213, point blank saying, Bob, we would not have had the wherewithal to steer um, into the direction of having a revitalized downtown as a result of the, uh, you know, the, the, the focus for ice district. So, and it's gonna, it's, it's got a special opportunity here to happen in Edmonton and put Edmonton on a different stage. The way we're headed right now, it is not out of the realm of possible. Well, first of all, let's establish right now, we gotta get there. I'm the first to admit, we gotta get there. I'm more confident about getting there in a place like Edmonton than I am in several U.S. cities right now. And I'm sure there's some of you out there that totally can appreciate that and get that, right? There's no question about that. Uh, So, you know, we got to get there. But saying that, just as we got to get there with hockey, there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to pull off soccer or pull off the NBA. Time will tell. Maybe hockey's guy. I know there was a piece written by Samantha Pell in the Washington Post this week that said on Saturday, the best chance to succeed in part because of Canada is the National Hockey League. So let's hope that that comes to fruition. So, you know, and it's, it's, it's funny about the arena deal because there seemed to be a lot more people against it when it was taking place than maybe now. Most people have an appreciation sense. You know, it's worked out to be a pretty good thing. All right, so hopefully uh, it all ends up ultimately coming to fruition. Just by the way, just on, just going to provide some numbers for you very quickly. The uh, NHL PR uh, pushed out a uh, a release today saying that they did fourteen thousand, sorry, four thousand nine hundred thirty-four tests on six hundred players that went back into uh, basically stage two. They had thirty positive tests. This positivity rate is 0.61%. 30 positive tests out of 4,934 tests on 600 players. Again, 0.61%. That's actually lower, a lower percentage than here's Edmonton being credited and Alberta being credited for how they've handled COVID. That's actually a lower percentage than what's currently taking place in the city of Edmonton. Edmonton's had 147,385 tests done, 1,202 positive tests. That's 0.82%. Again, the NHL players at 0.61%. I get it. If you're, if you're concerned, you're entitled to have your opinion. I have mine as well, and uh, that's hope. That's hope we can ultimately get a chance to uh, uh, play uh, and, and get back at it and continue to 
return to some form of normalcy in uh, society. All right, into the orders now. Audio Vault brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com and Elliot Friedman had this to say on Friday's edition of Oilers Now and the NHL's concern about COVID in training camps. There is no question that the biggest worry is the next two weeks. Yep. Like, there's, like, the amount of people who tell you, if we can get to the bubble, we'll be okay, is, that, I mean, that's what everybody says. If we can get to the bubble, we'll be okay. But where are we going? We're, we've got two teams in Florida. We've got a team in Texas. We've got a team in Arizona. You know, two of those teams are coming to Toronto. Two of those teams are going to Edmonton. Um, You know, like, that's the worry. Um, You know, part of me wishes that they could have just said, you know what, Uh, a bunch of you guys are going to Edmonton now. Like, like it, it probably would be better if you could say to teams like the Stars and the Coyotes, you know what, you guys are going to Edmonton. But it isn't the way it's worked out. And that's the fear, because if you mentioned those two soccer teams, they, they were bringing it with them to the bubble, and they got blocked. And, you know, that's why you have to be very careful over the next couple of weeks. Now, Bob, a couple, like two weeks ago, not this week when they announced their testing, but a week ago, I heard there were 13 teams in the NHL that had a positive test. I don't know where that is, but it's like, you know, it's not like we're going to be able to escape it. And it sounds like a lot of the cases have been asymptomatic. But the last thing you want is a huge outbreak over the next week or two. All right, that is Elliot Friedman, and that's the number one concern. And many of you have texted the show on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get it. Uh, Bob, this text comes in. Will the, will the NHL make the Oilers remove the Oilers logo from center ice and put an NHL logo in? Uh, well, I will tell you, this is what I will tell you. There are 12 road teams at this tournament, okay, in the two hubs. There's 12. Edmonton is the host city. They are not the home team. Okay, they're not guaranteed their dressing room for each game, and there's substantial work, including a new sheet of ice that's going to be placed into Rogers Place, which was part of the reason why the Oilers are going to be in the downtown community arena uh, for training camp here over the next several days. So you make a valid point. Will the NHL make the Oilers remove the Oilers logo from center ice and put an NHL logo in it? This is going to be an NHL event when we get going here, when the games start playing. Again, we got to get to that point. You can text us at any time. Uh, Bob, love those lines. Very good move in my mind. Well, uh, you're uh, entitled to your opinion. I'm going to be intrigued to see how Athanasiu does. Total wild card for me. Not sure. Not sure at all. So, uh, let's get to NHL today. It is for elite promotional marketing more than just sportswear. Your local branded merchandising specialist head to ElitePromotionalMarketing.com. Back at the 630 Chat Studios, Brendan Escott. All right, the Penguins have sidelined nine players, nine, after a potential secondary exposure to COVID-19. The decision, the team says, was made in an abundance of caution, and the players will rejoin the team when it's safe. Minnesota Wild dropped the interim tag from 
interim head coach Dean Evason and signed him to a two-year contract extension. Uh, Evanson took over from Bruce Boudreaux and led the team to an 8-4 and four record before play was halted. The Wild also signed Kirill Kaprizov to a two-year entry-level deal today. They are unable to use him for this playoff run, though. 2015 fifth-rounder coming off five consecutive KHL All-Star nods and a 33-goal season. 23 years old will be an RFA now after 2021-22. As will Habs D-man Alexander Romanov. They did the same thing with him, burning a year off that ELC to bring him over, although he's ineligible to play as well. Uh, that's the ringer rule, as outlined in the new collective bargaining agreement. Habs also waiting 7 to 10 days for a decision on Max Domi as his type 1 diabetes complicate his return to participation in Phase 3. So both sides have agreed to just wait and see for a week and a half as to whether there's going to be any breakouts or that kind of thing and then try again. And finally, Bruins standout David Pasternak did not skate today. He was actually replaced by Carson Kuhlman on the top line. That's a lot of firepower, firepower off the ice, Bob, but I don't think there was anything leading into this that should worry Bruins fans. All right, very quickly, just on uh, Dean Evison, that's a real interesting story, and I'll tell you why. Dean Evison was hired by Paul Fenton to be Bruce Boudreaux's uh, associate coach without any conversation with Bruce Boudreaux about that. Okay? And so Gabby gets fired, but not before Paul Fenton gets fired. And yet, Dean Evison ends up becoming the head coach for Bill Guerin. Crazy times, to say the least. And a very quick text. Bob, give it a rest on the COVID updates. My God, even the Alberta health officials have stopped reporting it every day in a news conference. We get it. You think we're in some kind of bubble here with a smiley face emoji. Um, well, part of the reason why we did the update today was because of the NHL numbers. So there you go. Again, 0.61% of the uh, tests uh, done so far in NHL players in Stage 2 have come out positive. John Shannon coming up after a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.